0: everyone. Welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. Hey, friends. We are so glad you're joining us today. And yeah. uh, we have a special episode today. So several weeks ago, Stacey, you had an opportunity to speak at the women's retreat at our church. And it was a great opportunity, mm-hmm. and you were so excited to get to do it. You had you had a number of people both that listened to the podcast and maybe um, outside of that, That said, hey, I can't make it to that event, but I'd love to get to hear your talk, Mm -hmm. to hear what you share with the women there. So thanks to your sister, Tracy. So big shout out to Tracy. We were able to record that and appreciate her helping us with that. So today's episode here in just a minute is going to be Stacy uh, and her message to ladies through several breakout sessions at the retreat.
1: Yes, the theme of the retreat was his purpose. And um at first I was like, What well, that could mean so many different things, but what we really wanted to focus on as um just as a women's ministry retreat was uh, that God gave us our stories for a purpose, and they're for his purpose. So often we think, well, my story's not as cool as theirs, or it's not as dramatic as theirs, or um, we just do a lot of comparing. And what that does is is it devalues our stories that, that God is helping us to walk out and to live out. So What I did was um, I spoke on kind of the theme of lessons that I've learned as a result of the way God has let our story unfold. And uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to do that is to teach other people how to share their stories. It's important for all of us to realize that the one of the reasons why God has given us unique stories is so that that way we can share them with other people. Something about my story that if you're new to listening and following along with Speak Out Loud is that um, it has been a very long journey. And you may be thinking, well, you know, I've only been struggling or suffering for a certain amount of time with the things that challenge me. That does not matter. Um, God wants us to be bold and uh, humble to share what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us because he is a God that is active. Uh, I have never once repeated a speech. And I don't say that to say, anything except for um, that God is always teaching me something different. And so for me to repeat that um, time and time again, I think would become kind of uh, stale. And I don't want that to happen. So I just always, when I'm preparing, say, God, what do you know that these people need to hear about you and how you are making your mark all over our lives as, as myself um, and then as our family and the people who are in our community. So that's what I got to speak on. I do speak individually about the eating disorder and about anxiety and about um, depression. So I do touch on each one of those. I don't um, stay with them, but I do talk in depth about um, what actually has happened in order for God to really carry us through those times for very specific reasons. Um, And so really, I hope that you'll listen. Um, It's not super long. It's just something that we really felt like would be beneficial to get to share with you as our podcast audience. Also, if you're new to the podcast, Please go back and listen. We, this is our third season that we're in, and we would love for you to go back and listen from the first season to kind of get um, a grasp on what the Getzinger family goes through and uh, what Speak Out Loud is about and uh, how it is being used by God. Um, to influence other people and to hopefully help them know that, without a doubt, our hope is in the Lord.
0: Yeah, I mean, what a beautiful message. I think you're really going to be uh, blessed by this and, I think, encouraged by this. It's full of hope. It's it's real, and I know I've got a chance to listen to it. I had a chance to hear it as you were preparing, Stace, and it's practical but also very powerful. And Essentially, it's this. You know, everyone has a story. Your story matters mm-hmm. to God. And when we surrender our stories to him, meaning we, we give them over to him and let him use our stories as you have, those stories can be used for his purpose. Mm-hmm. And and who knows if the person you're meeting today, tonight, tomorrow, whoever it may be, is just the person that needs to hear something out of your life. And they're going through something similar or through a challenge, and you're going to be able to touch them just as uh, maybe Stacy's stories touched you or somebody else's stories touched your life. So Mm -hmm. uh, we invite you to listen. Can't wait you to hear this. And I think you're going to really, really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, please do listen. We'd sure appreciate it. And please always know that you can share and you can comment. We read all the comments, um, and we pray over them because that's important for us to know that we're on the right road with you as people who are fellow journeyers and just people who are supportive of all God's doing in, in our life and our community. So thank y'all for that, and we hope you enjoy listening to um, my story and what God is doing in the midst of that. Well, today, because of time, we're going to go ahead and just dive right into the our situation. Um, I am not really able to candy coat a lot of it. It just is very raw. And so um, I just need your prayer as I share this because we are still really walking this out and living this out. This My story is very much not a, this is what happened, this is how God healed me, and this is where we are now. Um, I'm still in the throes of it. And that's one reason why I really wanted to share our story is because I don't want you to feel like that you have to have a testimony like that in order for God to use you. Because if he will use me, if he will use my story and my struggles every day, there is no doubt that he will do the same for you. He is so faithful. One thing I want you to know about me and our family um, is that... uh, we love our community. We live in a very old home over off of Class and 37th in the historical district. And um, just knowing that about me, you'll see how this fits. I got my degree in secondary education in Spanish, reading, and English. And I taught inner city in Dallas for a long time before we had our girls. And so anyway, I absolutely loved these kids, but when we moved over to the older part of town, our house being 95 years old, we're going to have a, a centennial party we to come. My husband's already planning it. He's loving it. Uh, but anyway, um, then you'll know why our mission field is exactly where it needs to be. Um, I have a real heart for homeless. I have a real heart for uneducated. Um, and so we are planted there because that's where God wants, wants us to be. I don't really ever even think of being unsafe. I've spent a lot of time in New York City and in Mexico City. And Doug sometimes has to reel me in a little bit and just be like, okay, Stacy, let's think safety a little bit. And I'm just (laughs) like, okay, okay. (laughs) But anyway, um, I want to focus today on lessons. Because in any season in our lives, if we don't learn the lessons while we're in the wilderness or on the mountaintop, then we're really missing a lot of what God has for us. And so um, I have to rely on God, or I get to rely on God every moment, every hour of every day. And you may be thinking, I'm in the wrong session because what's this girl going to tell me? Well, I wonder the same thing, but God seems to use my story all the time on a very different levels all the time. And he is so faithful that it is my joy to get to share with you today. Um I know without a doubt that I'm made in the image of God, and for so long, I did not speak out about what was going on in my life because I was so ashamed. It wasn't talked about. It's still kind of not talked about a lot, but we are, as the church, really waking up to the topics that I'm going to discuss with you today, and I'm so proud of us for doing that. I used to only get to speak in secular venues, and now I'm getting to share with my sisters in Christ, and that means everything to me. The first thing that I wanted to discuss with you is the fact that um, I have a really um, bad depression, uh, manic depression more specifically. Uh, I come from a several women in our family on my mom and my dad's side that struggle with this. So it is something that we weren't surprised, but gosh, we were sad. Um, But uh, God turns it around, and you'll see how that happens. Um, I've struggled with it for at least 30 years, and um, it is chronic in my mind. Uh, So every day when I get up, I make my bed as fast as I can so I don't get back in it. And um, I just need to choose that day to not isolate, but to get out of the walls of my house, especially since my girls live in Dallas, and commit to a day standing upright. And um, that can be sometimes very difficult. My brain no longer forms serotonin, so I take medication. And I know that's controversial, but in our family, it's life-saving. And so um, we really don't debate that anymore. Um, I don't see it as a a crutch. I see it as a tool for me to get to show up in my daughter's lives and to be where I say I'm going to be when I say I'm going to be there. Um, There were many years where I did not do that. I could not commit to the next day. So, um, that's kind of our conviction on it. However, I know that God deals with that differently in everybody's lives But, um, I want to tell you a story And it's a kind of a difficult story to talk about, but the ending is obviously I'm here so, um, God, um, really has Had different points in my life where he has definitely put a stamp and said Stacy I want you to be here Um, There is no mistake about that, and there's no mistake about that in y'all's lives. But I got to the point um, when we were in the ministry, we were in the formalized ministry, and we were working about 70 hours a week at a local church. And I had two babies that the nursery keepers were feeding much more than I was. And I was not ever meeting up to the expectations of what was being said around me. I could walk into a room and things would get quiet. People were talking, and um, it was hard because I didn't blame them. Um, I was coming to church. I was clearly not okay, and I was also very underweight, and I didn't feel good, and I wanted to be home with my girls. And uh, when the girls were about five and a half and eight, um, I got low enough that one night I took them to gymnastics. They had so much energy, I thought, surely... A trampoline and some flips will take care of a little bit of that. And it did. And um, I was very upset and angry that evening. And uh, this is something that I really don't talk about. But as y'all are my family at this church, I wanted to go ahead and go there with you guys because um, I believe that when we open the door to community and these conversations that maybe you can share yours too. And that's what this is about this weekend. I got in the car after I took my girls, and I usually stayed to watch them. I'm I'm that mom who would stay there and just stand at the very edge that they would say, okay, you can stand to here, and then I would go.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: And I was just not okay. Doug was going to meet us there, and he was running late. But I was so bent on my plan that I got in my car and I drove the wrong way on the highway very fast. And it's like in the midst of that, God just got a hold of me. I had a whole stack of journals on my um, passenger seat. My girls were still in car seats. And I had been reading those and just really obsessing on the anger that I had, that I was unable to um, feel the expectations of the body of Christ and what I needed to look like as a minister's wife I was watching the other minister's wives kill it they were doing such a great job and I was going I'm hurting so bad and so I drove quick fast and God on the highway pulled me over and um there were some cars that swerved behind me I stopped so abruptly I don't know how Doug got to me, but he got to me and I had my head on the steering wheel and I was just like, I want to be here, but not like this. I cannot be here in the mind that I have. And he said, baby, I get it. I understand I'm watching you struggle and I'm so scared of losing my job that I'm not taking care of you. And within 24 hours, I was in a mental hospital. And it wasn't a mental hospital where you would... It surprised me, let's just say that. I was in there with people like you and me. I walked in and there, a lady sat by me and she was the principal of a high school and she had had some chronic pain. And she said, I don't wanna be here, but I cannot be trusted to be alone. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I said, I absolutely do. She had fiery red hair. She was very smart, very sweet, but very intentional in making sure that I knew I wasn't alone. I was with people who had failed their parents. Um, had not continued the line of being a doctor. Um, and they were 22, and just at the end of their rope, they were done. Other people that stood out to me were precious people. I knew I was where I needed to be because I felt more safe than I had felt in probably two or three years. And so God used them to take me off of a medication that I didn't need to be on and get me on some other medication, they let Doug come and see me, but when I entered those doors, they took my shoelaces out of my shoes and they put black tape on my shoes because I would have used those shoelaces in the bathroom if I would have gotten to go by myself. So, um, after a few uh, extended time of being there, I was safe to go home and I got to be with my babies again. But it wasn't, I wasn't stable enough, and the eating disorder ushered in really quickly but we'll get to that in a minute what I want to make sure that I share at that time when I got home from being in the mental hospital God showed me a verse that I had no idea the impact it would have on my life and it was I will not die but I will live and I will proclaim what the Lord has done and I could barely leave my house so I thought okay I will not die got that part But proclaiming what the Lord has done, I don't want to proclaim anything. I'm sad. And so, um, anyway, now I know why he has said, proclaim what the Lord has done because of the different ways he lets me do that. But that is so, so important to me. His words are not for us to use against ourselves and others, but rather to give us life. He knows what's best. I've tried my way, and it has failed. I've tried so many times. I'm very, um, I don't know, independent in a lot of ways, but also um, I, to a fault, am not submissive to him at first. And I've learned over time to let that kind of wear down and go, God, I want to surrender to you first instead of being the last thing that I think about. And so um, I want to share with you next about anxiety. Um, It has become a big pop word for us in our society, especially during COVID. Um, When I was little, we didn't really call it anxiety. We just called it, I was a nervous kid. I had a nervous stomach and I didn't want to be away from mom and dad. And so now it's not uncommon for everybody to go, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous. And um, I don't ever, no matter how much that word is overused. I never want to take it lightly when somebody says to me, I'm anxious. But I also am not going to browbeat them about it. Because our scripture is used, like I said a minute ago, in order to lift us up and make us feel safe, not for us to feel like we are being um, ridiculed and judged by it. But I do want to say something about that. It was paralyzing for me when I was a little girl, and I used to get out of my bed when my parents' door was shut. And I would tiptoe into my sister's room, and I would lay by her in her bed, whether we had twin beds or full beds, and I would snuggle next to her, and I would just say, I'm not okay. I don't want to go to school tomorrow. People get mad, and girls fight. And, you know, they get on each other's nerves, and then they talk about each other. And as a 7-year-old, that was eating me up. And so I'd go get in bed with my sister, and she would talk me through it until I'd fall asleep. Um, the lesson I've learned through that is perspective. The reason why I want to talk with you about perspective is because of the verse that people have said to me for so long, Stacy, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, um, present your request to God and let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and life in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. That used to be my enemy verse, <laughs> Until I got perspective. And now I see it as very different. Now, does God sound like he is mad at you when he said, let the peace that passes all understanding guard your heart and life, Stacy, in Christ Jesus? That does not sound like a mad God to me. Um, He uses it to rescue me and to bring me hope instead. When we read scripture, we've got to read the whole passage. We've got to realize the fact that It always comes full circle. It is active and breathing in our lives, but it always comes full circle. So I wrote a book. (laughs) And um, that is not my goal today is to get you to buy a book. But for me to not share a little bit out of it, um, it's my soul on pages. So why wouldn't I? Um, It's called You Are Worth Saving, Letters of Hope from a Desperate Heart. And this is me right after treatment. And I'll talk to you about that in a second, too. We've just got a lot to talk about. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to read a story to you. My book is 30 letters to a friend. And they're brief. Because the way my mind works, I can't write a 50-page chapter and then just go, okay. 50 pages to me is wow. So mine are two to three. And so it's for the maybe the person with the short attention span. But anyway, right when I turned 50... I got glasses so uh, it's called these seven words dear friend please bear with me as I share a story so close to my heart that I could that I know it has become a part of every fiber of who I have become I hope it reaches every soul wherever you might be on your path in this life my little feet that were actually really big uh, shifted in my shoes as I walked up one stair then two, then three, then four. We were very poor, so my shoes shifted because my sister would pass hers down to me, and now her feet shifted my shoes. Mm -hmm. There were endless stairs leading up to the school I attended in first grade. The building sat on a large hill, and to finally reach the front door seemed more like a commitment than I wanted to agree to. I didn't want to go to school. I mean, I had friends, and I liked my teacher and I like to learn, but this meant leaving my parents. There were problems at home. Kids don't miss a thing. Their perception of the world around them is broad yet hopeful. No matter what is going on in the walls of their house, however, it's my deep conviction and experience that they will protect the ones who they call mom and dad to the bitter end, or at least one of them, no matter what. I, didn't write, I don't write about my childhood a lot as a rule, but this time it's for a reason that brings about an important lesson. God blessed me with two hardworking parents and I have always adored them. My heart is in bringing them respect, whether they are alive or if they've passed. To let God have the glory for the few things that I will say in order to help me bring about this point across just happens to be most important. I didn't just walk up the stairs of my school. It was with careful intention that I took each stair. I wanted to stay home because I thought if I stay home, I'd be able to make things better. And if I, went, if I was away, things wouldn't go so well. Every home has its problems and obstacles, but I wanted to fix ours so I could go to school and not be worried. My stomach hurt every morning. And I knew why, and so did my mom and dad. I just wanted to go, I just wanted things to be good and happy and stable. Obviously, I had to go to school. I had mixed, missed all the max amount of days already. So my mom taught me these words that were more than just that, simple words that gained deep, re- deeper meaning with every year that I grow older. These words pointed me to God, not my situation, not my fears. Before I would get out of the car, this is what it would happen. This is kind of how it would go. Tears and long wet strands of red hair covering my face. There were a few final pleas with my mom as she would um, my mom to let me go back home with her to help her do chores and just visit. I'll be extra good and we'll have fun, Mom. I'd say to no avail at this point. My mom couldn't give in, however. She knew it was best for me to Go up the hill and learn. She would wipe my eyes with a cotton cloth that she always kept on her and rebarret my hair. I remember our ritual as if it were this morning. It went something like this. Stacy, remember that God never goes away. You can trust him and when you feel like everything else is all messed up, remember this. Remember what to say with each stare as you walk up to school. I'd hug her so tightly as if I wasn't going to see her in just a few hours. Um, As I would start to move away, I would say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And with the next step, I trust you, Lord. I trust you all the way up to the top. This is what I would repeat in my head and sometimes in a whisper. This is what it took to get me into school and now to do life though it sounds exhausting to even read about i'm sure it was even more exhausting for my mom to know what our mornings were going to look like but we knew it was more than that and it worked because god was and is in it and his ways will always work this he promises god has used these words to carry me from first grade through 12th grade college my parents divorces my parents remarrying new spouses 23 at the time i wrote the book years of marriage to my husband the loss of our son the birth of our two healthy daughters continuing to raise our girls ministry psychiatric treatment more than one time eating disorder treatment daily chemical depression daily celebrations for me eating and fighting the depression celebrating the little things and so much more these words are what take the pressure off of me and transfer the trust onto the one who can absolutely Never worry, He's my Jesus. The sooner we practice transferring our trust from people or our situation on and look to God, the better. This is so hard. We can see people. We can see their faces. They can embrace us. But look at Jesus's record. Jesus never has failed, and we can experience His love and other perfections, and other perfections to their fullest day after day, especially his peace. When I start to doubt, it's time to go straight to his word. So look at this, so much more important than any of my other writing. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own um, understandings. And I say this, and I put my name throughout scripture, and if you've done that, I'm sure you have, I'm sure some of y'all have heard do that. Do not lean on your own understanding, Stacy. but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Our lives are so full of challenging steps, my friends. This, we all know, we've got to choose to trust him as we climb one stair and then the next. Some of the toughest lessons occur when we are scared to let go and instead of trying to stay and fix things. Let's trust that not focusing on our situation will be the best option because one of God's greatest desires is for us to transfer our trust to him, saying and living out the words that my sweet mom said, I trust you, Lord, I trust you. Not only might you say it in your head and possibly even a whisper, but maybe you could dare to believe it and live like it. Love to you, Stacy. the third thing is eating disorder this is my hardest one I guess I could say I in no way thought I would be here at 52 those were not my plans Um, my choices for 25 of those years have been as an adult to not be here and so I had made it very clear by the way I was treating my body um, I was not eating um, and my mind which s- still does scream relentlessly to not take bites of food, whatever they may look like. I don't care if it's a carrot. It doesn't have to be diet food or anything like that, but my mind screams for me not to eat the eating disorder and the enemy try to form in this form of suffering um, really want me to not make it. It's uh, just that clear. It's been devastating to me. And perhaps this has been where it's really hit home the hardest for my kids and my husband and the people in my life. Because we all eat and it's so personal to us. Not only that, we're Christians, and we're Southern Baptists, so that's all we like to do. Let's meet and eat. Let's meet for coffee and eat, and it's just our way. It's just our way. It's a very settling, calming, comforting thing for us to do, but it's my hardest thing to do. It's been devastating. Um, I restrict greatly when I'm nervous or stressed, and so being a nervous, stressed person that you can just imagine how that kind of unfolds in my life. Seven years ago, I got to the point where I was too low. And um, my family uh, knew I was needing to go in treatment. And I didn't know what that would look like, and neither did they. But we went to New York City, and um, right before my eldest daughter started college, and I was in a wheelchair most of the time. And that was not okay at 45 years old wasn't okay at any point, but um, insurance plays a big part into getting help, and I'll tell you for sure that help is a privilege, but at this point, I was just scared. Um, I was incredibly low in my weight, and my organs, my my body was breaking down. Um, my heart was the size of a baby's fist at that point, and there was no fat around my heart. When you get sick, the place that your body first takes the fat from is around your heart. And so that was really a critical time. I was on a waiting list to get into a hospital but they said it would be several months, and then they did a physical evaluation of me, and they said, you can go to New York, and the next day you can come to be in our facility, in our hospital. Um, we told the girls about this when we were in New York at serendipities and I shouldn't have done it there because now they don't want to go back there with me when we go to New York City all the time. So um, my oldest, always poised, fell apart. My youngest, merciful, kept it together. Very opposite of what I thought. My oldest was so relieved I was getting help and that she wasn't gonna need to take care of her little sister as much anymore. And then um, my youngest was just relieved to not need to text me 10 times a day from high school to ask if I had eaten anything that day. It's very humbling. So I, my husband drove me to Tulsa, we said let's go to Tulsa, it's closest so my oldest daughter can fly in and my youngest daughter can come see me on the weekends and um, I cried the whole way to Tulsa but so did my husband. I was supposed to be gone for six weeks and I was in ICU for seven. Um, It turned into four and a half months of the hardest thing I've ever done. That was through divorces with my parents, that was through having to leave my sister who was my safety, and um, they willed me. in. And when I got to the nurses' quarters, my husband had left me three dozen roses, and he said, Stacy, make it work. Um, He was tired. And so um, he had nurses and doctors there that were incredibly smart. They're known in the nation um, and in the world, and those were going to be my helpers. Those were going to be my coaches for the next four and a half months. And uh, I ate over 500 meals, and I cried through all of them, I think. But the cheerleaders in that room would say something like this. "That were my cohorts, my partners, my my now um, allies forever. Um, is that the right word? Yeah.
0: Uh, I loved
1: them. Um, they would say, Stacy, if you take these bites, you get to see Riley dance. And she's missing you so horribly right now. She and Doug were at home, and then then they would say to me, Stacy, if you'll take these bites, you'll get to go see Shelby at college. It's been family and parent weekend, and Doug's gone alone. And um, so um, it was very difficult, but at the same time, I was getting a life that I'd never had. As Tracy and I were growing up, it wasn't uncommon for doctors to comment on us being extremely underweight. And so I had never known weight or health, neither had she. And uh, anorexia had been a way for me to make a way for a slow death. It wasn't suicide per se, but again, I was still learning to be here and to not take myself out of pictures and to not take myself out of the life of my family. Um, It was really clear that God wanted me to be here. And I remember several of you, Jarla, Um, I remember before I left, and Cecilia, and of course my sister Tracy, who would try to get me to commit to come to a family thing in a week, and I just couldn't do it, and um, I knew it was my time to really make things count, and um, I worked my tail off. Uh, There were people who had been there many times, and I knew that my body was not going to do that. Number one, I wasn't 20, I wasn't 30, I wasn't 40. And um, so I knew I needed to go in there and do that. Doug has been such a faithful husband to me. I knew three people in my small milieu who were getting divorced because their husbands were done. And you know what? I'm not mad about that for 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 the husbands. I get it. I get it. Doug goes and speaks too to tell people to please endure. Please don't leave the people who are trying to fight. You don't choose eating disorder. You don't choose depression. It's a mental illness. Now, knowing that those are my mental illness, does that mean I can just chill out and sit back? Absolutely not. I'm accountable for this. And I want to be able to stand before the Lord and and Him to say, well done, no matter what has been on my plate or your plate, per se. It's amazing how many food examples come to my mind when I'm speaking. (laughs) Um, I've come to the point in my life where I've decided, That I'll let God take my life when he's ready and not me. That has been a very, very hard surrender. Um, But when I look at my girls and they live in Dallas and when I get to meet them halfway or go to Dallas and shop with them and eat a cookie at North Park Mall and them go, Mom, you're eating a cookie with us. It's worth everything. Full circle. I want to come full circle with this. I don't know how long on this earth that I will struggle with these things. And that makes people very uncomfortable because they want to see us well. They want to see us healed. And gosh, I do too. But until that day happens, I'm not going to waste it. Um, God doesn't waste our suffering no matter what your suffering looks like when you've come in here today. I eat meals with friends and try to get through them. Some days are successes. Some days are total bomb. But the next day I get up. I make my bed before my feet hit the ground. I say, God, what do you have for me today in our community? What do you have outside of the four walls of my house? I want to make a difference because of you, not because of my story. But he uses it. He does. He uses it. Because if there's anything that my children learned when they were little is, Mom does not have it all together, but God does. And I would remember that when I would see Shelby at seven feeding Riley because I was in bed, because I didn't have the strength to get up. Um, but I know, I know these things to be true, that when it is God in me, in the floor of my bathroom, when the enemy is screaming for me to cut, or the enemy is screaming for me to not keep my meal in my stomach, or when I'm shaking in anxiety, I know, without a doubt, that God is there. And that, again, is Everything. He is the most near as my, my rescuer, rescuer. He is my Savior. Again, my verse says, I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. I choose to let the struggles be used in my story. And yes, I know that it's hard for people to talk about what I talk about. But it has allowed me to go into hospitals and talk to doctors. It has allowed me to go in and thank the doctors in my hospital that I was with that were at my bedside when they were like, Stacy, if you don't eat, we're going to put a tube down your throat, and then it slows everything down, and you will just be longer before you get to see your family or talk on your phone again and see how they're doing, see how Shelby's doing after her first few days of school and college by herself. You know, those are things I wanted to be there. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to be available. And now if the enemy wants to usher in any negativity, he says, Stacy, look, you weren't there for your kids, now they live in Dallas. And I have to say, get behind me. My girls are thriving and they love their mama. All this was because I said yes, instead of no, like I'd said for so long. And I have to say yes all day long. But what's happened as a result of that? This is what's happened, God's given me a podcast where I get to sit with my husband in a very small recording studio several times a month and I get to say, Doug, why don't you share? You're the hero of the story, God's the hero of the story because y'all are who stayed. My sister's the hero of the story, Cecilia, my best friend, is the hero of the story. My church family is the hero of the story because I got to come back into the church and know that I wasn't gonna be judged for going to mental hospitals and going into eating disorder treatment where a lot of people don't know what goes on in there. So, um, Doug and I get to share together. We speak together. It's our newest platform and we really, really enjoy it. Our kind of brand is Speak Out Loud is where we get to share under. The reason we've chosen that is because for 30 years, eating disorder kept a big old piece of tape over my mouth. and. Uh, Sometimes it's still there, but we choose more important, more commonly for it not to be there with Doug's help and just the Lord and just friends and family takes a village. And uh, the feedback is of this for podcast. A mom, we get hundreds, but a mom listened and she said, I was giving up on my daughter. I was giving up on what was going on. I was desperately sad. And she said, a friend told me about y'all's podcast and she thought it was interesting that my husband's kissing my head on the podcast um, publicity because it's a mental illness and my mind hurts all day, every day. And so he was kissing my head, and she said, I think I'll check that out. She wrote the longest letter to me, handwritten. We get these all the time, you guys. And I don't take them as a burden. I take them as, God, thank you that people feel like they can talk to somebody, because Doug and I sat in the floor of that bathroom, and in the hallways of our halls, when we would be getting the girls to sleep and listening for their little feet to get up. and you know go into the bathroom for just one more drink of water and we would be begging god for somebody to come alongside of us and go we don't have to understand to have compassion for you and that's our mission that is our mission that is our lesson every single day when we are done we go this isn't about us god how can you use this story speak out loud stacy don't keep the tape over your mouth um the speaking part is one of the hardest things i do Um, It's one of the most common things that I get to do. But my mind, as I'm standing up here with you today, is saying, who do you think you are? You've got eating disorder. You've got depression. You've got anxiety. And when you leave this room, you'll have a hard time eating lunch because you'll be nervous you didn't say the right things. And I still want to do it because it's not about—this is God's story, guys. Your story is God's story. You just get to walk it out. And uh, so the speaking when I prepare, sometimes it's the harshest my mind is, and sometimes it's the clearest. This time it was the clearest. Yay! <laughs> um, Doug speaks, I speak, and then we get to speak together. My most comfortable time is when we're together. The feedback sometimes from that is sometimes a note from someone that I get who's heard me get to share, maybe with someone who comes up to me afterwards and says, I don't have that, but I've got something else. It's the same people, it's the same. And uh, often though, it's when I look at somebody when I'm talking and I know that we've had a connection and they have been the same place and they've been sitting in the floor of their bathroom going, I'm not gonna cut, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it this time. This is gonna be my start to not doing it. And they fail. And God picks them back up the next day. And he says, today is a new day because you know what? My mercies are new every single day. Great is my faithfulness to you, Stacy. Great is my faithfulness to each and every one of you. And when I'm done, And when you're done, he's the one who sustains us. Finally, the book and the blog. The blog was started when I was the sickest. It was me putting on paper what I couldn't handle having just contained in my mind. And then after I got out of treatment, somebody approached us at a publishing company and said, would you write a book about this? And I said, well, I'll try. There's a mess up here. So that's why it's not super long. Um, But also, um, it's full of hope. It's, um, It's full of just joy in the hard times. But also, it is just really a pouring out of me going, this is it, folks. This is what my days look like this is what my life looks like, I don't have it all together, God does, read a little bit, and you'll realize you're looking pretty good, (laughs) so, um, but that's what the blog turned into, was pages in the book, and so that's been my end, it is not in the Christian sections, it is in self-help sections, this is why, Because I want people who go to those self-help sections to see that there is a God that is more powerful than positive thinking, than self-help, than just take another bubble bath and you're going to feel better, you know? Um, It's just, it's so much more than that. And so I've asked them not to only put me in the Christian sections, but to put me, so you may not have seen this. It's on Amazon, and it's on Barnes & Noble. It's at Full Circle, and it's at Commonplace. It's in Seaside. It's in Dallas. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place, this little book. And so um, I find typos in it almost every time I read it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm an English teacher. (laughs) So, I mean, the publishing company missed them. I missed them. I mean, but it's okay. It just reminds me, you know what, God? You work in and through if we just say yes. If we just say yes, I have something for you. I didn't want you to have to sit and take notes. What this is, is what I've just done. I've focused on the word lesson. You can pick any word that you want to, to focus on. And um, I have given this to God before I stood up here today. Before I even put my feet on the ground, whether I'm going to speak to a huge group, a medium-sized group, or one person. Giving it to God and thanking Him for my story this was not a mistake he didn't just go Stacy oops I forgot about that part he knew that one day we would take the tape off of my mouth and that I would speak and uh, I wanted to give you the tools to be able to share your story whether it be to someone at 7-eleven or Target it's front and back I put some do's and things to try to avoid doing to make it more effective possibly not to focus on every single detail of your story, it's precious to you and God, but get through it, go full circle so they'll know of his hope. And I wanted you to have these tools of my mistakes and the things that I've actually found to be really pretty effective. I don't want you to leave here today not thinking that God has got a total handle on me. He scoops me up every single morning, he sticks me in bed every night, and he Is the one who can help you share the hard things when everybody else is perhaps in their sessions laughing. Don't know, but this is my story. And so I appreciate you so much coming into my room today and letting me share with you. Y'all have been so precious. I feel like you're just right here. Mm -hmm. And um, I really appreciate getting to share. I get to go to Hawaii in a couple months and share, but I bored over this today because y'all are my family. Y'all are the people that I get to see across the sanctuary on Sunday morning. This is precious to me. So, thanks you guys.